Do you like aliens, UFOs, cryptids, and the supernatural? What about self-defecating humor? Uh, actually, it's self-deprecating humor. Well, you may both be right. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast that examines cases like Roswell, Bigfoot, or the Atacama Alien. If any of these topics pique your interest, subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing free anywhere you find podcasts or go to alientheorists.com. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. This week, no, this podcast is not written by artificial intelligence, though Alex thinks it probably would be better if it were. Yeah. We'll talk about why a couple of fantasies floating around in the media right now are super dangerous. Also, I have to say, some of the things we've been talking about the last few weeks have really blown up. Alex, where should we get started? So, Joe, this is something that's been percolating for the past, like, 24 hours or so. It started kind of last week with with the Republicans putting out a response to Joe Biden's announcement video that had AI in it. But it seems like the debate on using AI in politics, particularly campaigns, has has really blown up. And as someone who has kind of been on the forefront, not kind of, you have been on the forefront of this for the basically your whole career. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, where do you stand on all this? Like, hey, what could go wrong? You know, I mean, uh, a lot. But, you know, as someone who like I've been, you know, pretty out there in terms of, you know, always embracing the next technology that came, came along. I mean, I this goes back to, I think in uh, 1981, I installed literally the first computer in a political campaign, a statewide race for governor of California, Tom Bradley's race, uh, uh, I think is still out there is the first time that uh, anybody, you know, installed a computer, used it for targeting and things like that. And that was a, back in 81. And, you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> you see where all this stuff has gone. I mean, you know, uh, again, let me like, so... Uh, back in, I think it was the 92 campaign uh, for president, uh, Joe Costello and I in the in the Jerry Brown campaign came up with the great idea of putting an 800 number on the screen um, so that, you know, Jerry could, his ads would talk about his race for president and urge people to call the number and, and, and join the campaign and donate. Well, you know, that, that raised $8 million for Jerry Brown back then, uh, which was a huge thing. And then, of course, the, the Dean campaign where, you know, same thing. Somebody would have figured it out before I did uh, that the Internet was going to impact politics and make a big difference. But uh, we pioneered it. And you look at all that and where it's gotten us. So you got so all those emails you're getting um, asking for money 20 times a day. I'm not sure how that worked out. Uh, the 800 number is like, you know, ubiquitous on television now. But a lot of it went really wrong. I mean, I, I thought when we did the Dean campaign that the Internet would empower us all to come together, have conversations and, and uh, uh, you know, sort of took the utopian side of things without understanding, and I should have, the dystopian side of what it would do to our politics, uh, which we're seeing every day on Twitter uh, social media, you know, in, in the mobile phone. So now we're getting in the, the key part about all this is 
the bad actors in all these areas always did a better job, I think, of using the new technology. I mean, and consultants, like we, you know, look, there's a reason we have negative ads. They work. Everybody talks about not wanting to see any more negative ads. The fact of the matter is, for those who practice it and make ads, and Alex and I do, and so does the people, you know, our, our friends at the Lincoln Project have done it for years. But what you learn early on is as many times as people say they don't want to hear anything, you know, they don't like negative ads, it's those ads that move the most votes. Uh, so yep. then what you have is two parties or two candidates going negative. And uh, while the entire populace screams, we don't want any more negative ads, they're working on each other and it works or we'd stop doing it. So now you get to, you know, this whole period here. Yeah, the whole question of AI. Uh, Like I said, what could go wrong? Okay, so now you have the ability to, we know that negative ads work. And now AI can tell you what to say that works better on Alex and what to say that works better on Trippy and what, you know, in any of you, you listeners out there. And so I just think, and, and these, this is like one of the, the problems that just happens normally in politics is as the bad stuff is picked up, it'd be pretty normal. Okay, so you're more efficient at delivering uh, and, and, and have better language to move people negatively, which is what we all respond to. By the way, it's the same reason the evening news does not, or the morning news, is not, hey, the sun came up today. What a wonderful day. No, it's all the negative crap Prime, that's going negative. on. Negative. Yeah. Right. So AI has that is definitely going to happen. But worse, in a time where you don't know what's real uh, on Twitter or, or Facebook or what you're seeing, the, you know, the capacity to, I mean, we're already seeing where, you know, you, you know Joe Biden's voice you know, or something that sounds pretty damn close to Joe Biden's voice, you, you know, um, that most people, if they weren't really paying attention, couldn't tell that it's fake, but it is, it's not him. Well, and that, that's a really important one too, right? For two reasons. One, the people that are easily duped by this tend to be a little older, tend to not be as tech right. savvy. They hear something, it goes viral, especially on something like Facebook, which is just a cesspool of you know echo chambers. But the other part of this that I definitely want you to get to too is it, it's people even not just to pick on old people, but like everyone now has been conditioned more because of the polarization, because of the negativity to kind of trust a little bit more and if you're hearing it it must be real and and not maybe challenge like oh there's like the the gut reaction on the right to hearing a deep fake of joe biden is not and eh, maybe it's not real i should look into this it's like of course the fucker did that right like that that's just what i wanted to get to well yeah i mean look the problem is it's the slippery slope ai disinfo is already out there and it's going to get a lot worse and it can be dressed up uh, I mean, it's not just our politics. It's everything is going to be, uh, I, I mean, deeply affected by this technology. And the reality is, yeah, you know, I said this in my book, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised Back in the Day. I said, even then, that the technology does not know who, the, the, and the tools have no idea who's using them. 
they can be used for good and they can be used for some really horrible stuff. And this is one where the bad actors, the people who who really want to get disinformation out there, the people who want to scare the hell out of you. Look at the AI response that the the uh, Republican, the RNC put out against uh, Biden's uh, uh, announcement uh, speech, their AI thing. It was all a, you know, a, every single piece of it was a, you know, and every second of it was to scare the living daylights out of you about crap that hasn't happened, but could happen. And this is what AI, this is AI generated. I mean, and this is them saying it. It's what I'm trying to say. We, we're going to get right. to a place really quick here where, no, no one's going to say it's AI doing this. They're just going to use it and do it. And in a, the world of our politics, once one side does something and it works, it's like the Dean campaign, you know, shows the world that you can raise a lot of money online. It also showed, I think, that you can organize people online, unfortunately, uh, and communicate with them and engage with them directly. Unfortunately, most of the world learned only one thing. Um, you can raise a lot of money online. Uh, it's the same thing. Once you learn that, a neg that negative ads work, both sides go to school on, how, you know, on, on spending tons of money attacking each other. Uh, now you have a, a tool that enhances all that. And by the way, that's when it's in our control. Right. You now have a whole lot of people like Hinton, uh, you know, the godfather of AI, who are saying, yeah, well, that's not, that's likely to be, you know, we might look back on when we had control of AI in our politics as like an okay time, a bad time, but okay. Not, not once we lose control of it, which is something that a lot of the people that are working in the AI field are starting to talk about um, pretty voicelessly. Well, I, I, the quote from him, which gets back to your earlier point about the tech doesn't know, it's hard to see how you prevent the bad actors from using it for bad things. But you could kind of get to a world, and this is your other point, you're get, we're going to get to a world really quickly where the tech might actually know. And it's, it's this, it, it'll be really interesting to see how both sides adapt. But right now, I just can't see a whole hell of a lot of, you know, this is not going to bring back the public square. Uh, no, and, and that's what I'm saying. But the, the other side of this is, and again, you know, uh, on the first of all, we've got a you know a Congress and a Senate that are polarized and can't can't even agree on raising the debt ceiling without taking us into you know over over a cliff cliff that could not just blow up the United States economy but the world economy. But hey, that that's the that's the world we're in. These these folks don't know, can barely make, you, you know, they need staff to tell them how to tweet. They are have no clue on how to regulate or hold back whatever, you know, whatever the threat AI presents to us. But even if they had a clue, they'd never agree on it. Right. I mean, you know, so, you know, this is definitely going to have a massive impact in the 2024 campaign because i think it won't be it, it, it there will not be you know some kind of of uh regulation or for that matter none of the big tech companies are going to hold back i mean they're that they, you know they're more afraid that google will get there first or that microsoft will get there whoever's going to get there first they're not 
they're not looking at, I, I don't, I mean, they'll make platitudes about how theirs is safe, right? And it's okay. But the reality is they're in a race to get there. And the, the Chinese are in a race to get there. And so this is coming. It's not coming, it's here. And the early signs are not good. Uh, so I right. think, you know, we, that's one of the reasons we'll talk about it today. I think we, we may start having a, you know, a, a Tuesday show that talks about AI and politics. Uh, where we call out some of the stuff that's happening out there, so people are at least aware of the danger. And we start, you know, pe we need they, there should at least be something that says what you're hearing or seeing is AI generated, not human generated. And you know, but I don't see the RNC and the DNC, the two the two major parties, agreeing to do that. Well, and I certainly don't see. The other part is the international bad actors. I know you mentioned China, yeah. but you know anyone else who's looking to interfere because it's actually really easy to interfere in our elections, as the Russians and Trump have proved over and yeah. over again. You know, you're not going to see that. Uh, you know, Putin putting a disclaimer on his AI ad that that gets shown to you know 30 million swing voters next year. It's just not going to happen. Right, but I do think. I mean, what would be interesting is for the Democratic Party to say out loud, "We we require our candidates to." denote and disclaim when AI is, it, it, when they're using AI in their uh, communication. It'd be really interesting to have one party, you know, it's like a, a party that says we won't accept, you know, money from the oil industry, right? Or, you know, from lobbyists. Why not? I mean, I don't know what the answer is. And that might not be, one, you know, it's again, unilateral. You're the only one that's saying it. And the other guy's lying through his teeth with AI, but no one knows because they're not, they didn't sign on. I don't know. But I think it's something that we should start talking about. And we will maybe start to have some, you know, second shows in a week, you know, week that talk about it. You Love know, the and, idea. Yeah. You know, get some experts on who know what the hell they're talking about since I, you know, I've pioneered a lot of stuff, but I really don't know the impact this is going to have. I just don't. I have having been a pioneer who did not see. I mean, the best example I've got is in the Dean campaign. We had blog for America and Howard Dean would get on that damn thing in the morning on that blog and post something and thousands and thousands of people would comment and get their friends to come to the blog. And I would like call it, Hey, Alex, that's a great idea. You know, uh, uh, Howard's gonna Howard's gonna say that tonight in the debate, whatever. And then we would call the you, your idea was fantastic. You're great, uh, and we built up this amazing direct communication and contact. That was Blog for America. I never saw until 2016 how bad something like that could go, because the one candidate who got what blog for America, that direct contact that was Donald Trump. And I wake up one day and Twitter is his blog for America. It's his. It's, it's him directly connecting the same way to millions of people. They're, he's calling them out. He's cheering them on. They're cheering him on. His staff is on there calling out their good ideas. They're saying they'll see him at the rally tonight and people are responding. And it was the it was the campaign that got what we not, not that you can raise money on the internet, but that you can have that direct connection. 
it was it was the campaign that got the closest to that blog for America moment that we were pioneering it. And then I'm looking at it and I'm going like, this is what we pioneered that to get us here where a guy could directly connect and lie to his supporters and they love the lie and they and they love him for telling it. The dystopian side of this is it. So I, I you know, I understand AIGs. It could help cure diseases, you know, you know, uh, help doctors. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified at what it could, the downside to it in our politics. But I, I, other than we need to master it, use it, because the other side surely will. And with the stakes being democracy itself, I'm not sure how one side says, you know, we're not going to, while the, while the other side decides it's going all in. And I can't believe that the Republicans will do anything. MAGA Republicans will go all in, and Trump will. I, I just, like I said, we'll do a, start doing a show on it. Do you like aliens, UFOs, cryptids, and the supernatural? What about self-defecating humor? Uh, actually, it's self-deprecating humor. Well, you may both be right. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast that examines cases like Roswell, Bigfoot, or the Atacama Alien. If any of these topics pique your interest, subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing free anywhere you find podcasts or go to alientheorists.com. Your point, before we get to some really relevant reader questions, I, I, I did want to just, you mentioned the unilateral declaration from the Democrats. It seems like in the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, every single one of those has been Democrats essentially handicapping themselves right? when Republicans have never, ever redistricting, dark money, all yeah. of it has been us taking the lead, which for the greater good, sure. But then the Republicans say, okay, sure. You just handed us a huge advantage. And I, again, I'm, yeah. I'm for all of those, those no, things. No, we're still it's doing just... this with the filibuster. We're still doing it with, with uh, the loose, loose lip uh, for, for judges. Uh, you know, they would remove all that stuff in a, McConnell would remove all that stuff in a nanosecond to get stuff through, um, or use it to, to stop things. He does. And we don't, we, when we have the power to do something about it, we, we, we don't do it. That's what I'm saying. I'm right. Uh, it would be great if you could get an agreement between the two parties, but I don't think that's going to happen. Ergo, I don't think unilateral disarmament works either. So I think you got, like I said, the best thing that could happen is negative ads get better at being negative. I mean, that's like the, the least troubling thing uh, about it because uh, it's going to be far worse. You won't know, you know what's disinfo or not. And, uh, and by the way, I still think it's the same thing. The, the press is going to cover this like a novelty. Like, look at, oh, look at this cute AI-generated ad the Republicans did you know, for a while. They're going to fall for that, that stuff without really delving too much into what's actually happening and how, you know, by the way, it, you know, how you can stoke, we already know that the, that Trump and, and the MAGA crowd, you know, use every tool they can to stoke anger, fear, uh, fear of the other, to bully and attack people uh, that they don't like or that they want to use as fodder to raise money uh, or, or to scare uh, more folks into voting for them. Imagine that impulse aided by AI uh, instead of, hey, this would really help uh, cure 
you, you know, cure Alzheimer's, which I'd be really for. It's still, you know, and that, by the way, and that's when it's under control, uh, you know, of human beings. Uh, right. It's even getting, you know, now that Hinton and others, I mean, it's like you, you, with the Hinton quote, you know, this guy quit his job at Google, not in protest at Google, but so that people would hear him say, hey, I'm the godfather of this stuff. And it's getting scary fast. I mean, that's essentially what he, what he did. And it, it was, I think, you, you know, again, repeating his quote, it's hard to see how you can prevent the bad actors from using it for bad things. And I, you know, and it, it, repeat that, I mean, very bad things, taking down a government. And, and not to mention, you know, they're influencing how we all respond to each other when we're already at each other's throats. So uh, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's inevitable that it's going to have an impact on 2024. And it's our part of our mission has got to be to make sure the American people uh, and progressives and pro-democracy coalition folks understand what's happening, identify it when we see it so that they know. And then even that's getting harder because Twitter's all screwed up. So uh, thanks to Elon. So, you know, who also is one of the people saying, watch out for AI. So it's uh, it's going to be a very, I think, tumultuous 18 months now. And this is going to add only to more of the problem and not help fix it, I don't think. Joe, while you have your crystal ball out, there's a really good pair of listener questions I've been wanting to get to for a while. So Kat from New York, Janet from Arizona, thank you both for writing in. I'm going to read them both. And then Joe, I want you to, to respond to both. So what do you see happening to social media, especially Twitter, after everything that's happened and Kat lists the removing the verifications, the fight with NPR? I hear everything from it's the death knell to eh, nothing's going to happen. And then the follow-up to that from Janet is, does Trump still have the same kind of megaphone he's had in the past? Actually, the one you just talked about, having been kicked off of and then reinstated from all these platforms. Is it just kind of tired or does he still have all that staying power? Well, I mean, uh, two things. I mean, Twitter is definitely dying. I mean, you, you feel it every day. It's becoming less stable. You can't tell who's who anymore. I mean, you know, people with blue check marks that, you know, paid eight bucks for them and now like, you know. Is there going to be an authority all of a sudden? Somebody you trust? No, it's not happening. In fact, you don't trust anybody with blue check mark. Even old friends that are still kept it because they paid for it. Whatever, it's all it's gone. It, it, it's you know you know now Trump is going to be able if he uses Twitter. He hasn't yet, but if he does, uh, you know he's still going to be able to directly talk to his people because they will hang on everything he does wherever he does it. So. He doesn't have that problem. Uh, I, I don't think that the demise of Twitter is, at, I think it, it, it hurts. It hurts the pro-democracy side uh, more than, uh, uh, than Trump uh, and, and the, you know, MAGA authoritarians. I do think, though, that, you know, there's other platforms that are starting to emerge, like Blue Sky, uh, something I'm really interested in, in looking at and trying. But Twitter is going to still be, I think, you know, because of it, the size of the, the audience there, uh, a place where this stuff's fought out. And eventually we'll see whether Trump engages there or not. I think on the megaphone question, though, when, look, I don't think, it, it, just to answer it, I think it's closer to it's a death knell than nothing's going to happen. It's losing its juice. Twitter's losing its juice. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Elon gets rid of it uh, or puts someone real in charge, and and they start reacting to things other than his whim, but uh, than his whims. But um, right now, I, I I'd be leaning more on find some. We get, we, we all have to should be building up some other platform because this one is not going to be serving us up the way it used to, in my view. To answer Janet's question, uh, yeah, he still has, uh, he has a, a, his, his megaphone. The question is, when you look at, at this thing, Caitlin Collins is going to interview him for an hour on CNN. Like, you know, like, so yeah, he's going to have a megaphone. And why are they doing that? Well, Trump gets to stick it to Fox. It, so he gets to get, CNN gets all those Trumpies who'll be watching. The question there will be like, how many pro-democracy folks continue to do what the hell's wrong with CNN and stop watching it? So I don't know if that's going to work for him, but he, they're going to keep giving Trump that platform. You look at the look at the coverage of his um, the last time, you know, where they they still were covering the, the sitting there looking at the plane for what a couple hours before he flew up right. to to New York for the um, to to get arraigned in that case. You know, they they they're going to continue to do that. Now Fox is going to like, well, how, how do we get that audience back? Because we dumped Tucker, and God knows where he's going to go. Ratings are plummeting. Uh, you know, see, you know, he'll be back on Hannity, my friends, you know, real quick. And of course, the the audiences at Newsmax and OAN, they're tripling after the uh, after Tucker got the boot at, at Fox. So I'm sure he's going to just continue. You know, that audience wants that. I mean, I don't talk. I'm not talking about Fox's audience. I'm talking about the audience that wants the strong man to save them from all the others out there, that audience will find, will, will keep putting their eyeballs, uh, their eyeballs and their small dollar donations and everything else on Donald Trump. That's why all these other candidates are wasting their time. That doesn't mean that that audience may find him on Twitter, on you know, social, other social media, on OAN and Newsmax, and fewer of them will be on Fox, but there'll be plenty of them there, and Fox will continue to feed it because they need that audience back. So you have all, and then you have CNN, who's desperate to get, to, for some reason, to get to grow its audience by getting, you know, by doing the, hey, could we get some Trump voters to, to watch us and trust us? Well, one, I don't think anybody who ever supported Trump is ever going to support or believe that CNN, they can trust CNN. And I think the people who do trust CNN are starting to say, why the hell am I trusting this channel? It, but all that, that's what I'm saying. Who's that all revolving around, my friends? Donald Trump, all of it, from CNN to Fox to OAN. And he'll use the social media platforms that work for him. And uh, if Twitter's one of them, he, of course he's going to use it. But in the end, they'll be, they'll, you know, the one thing I'll tell you is his team this time is much better than either of his 2016 or 2020 team. This is a real, these are real savvy, smart, and not going to shy away from ugly politicos. 
who are hacks, but they're good, much better than he had. And so, yeah, are they going to use AI to do better targeting, you know, to, to stoke that fear and that anger even more than they have in the past and do it better and more efficiently? Yes, are, they are. So, Joe, I'm, I'm glad you got to the CNN town hall, quote unquote, town hall, because there was one more question I want to get to before we wrap. This is from Grace, and this is this is from a couple of weeks ago, but she emailed this one, in, and I think it's really relevant. There's a longer question, but the part I wanted to get to was the subject was less Trump, more state politics. And her question was, was it, would it be possible to cover TFG, which I think stands for that effing guy, in the smallest possible and finite segment and leave the rest of the show to, to more of the great state-by-state -state coverage you produced last year? You know, and then she kept going. But I think her question is, why are we so fixated on Trump and, and, and what's our plan? Well, I mean, the first part of it, look, as we get into these races, a lot of these races don't even have candidates. And I mean, Maryland, uh, uh, Senator Cardin announced a couple of days ago that he will not seek reelection. Uh, and so now there's, the, you know, a, a lot of candidates getting in. Larry Hogan, the former governor, uh, keeps saying that he's not interested. We'll see. But and so that's what I'm saying. In some of these places, mostly state, in some of the states, or most of them right now, those races are just starting to crystallize, and we will definitely be getting to them as we did in the last cycle. I think you know, and look, a, a good part of what she's saying is true. You know, the Democrats as a party tend to focus way too much on national elections. Uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, we haven't focused on you know the party as a whole hasn't focused. On, on local uh, and state races as much as it should have. And that's one of the reasons we're in the, the fix we're in. But, you know, I mean, all that's true. But Trump and the MAGA-controlled Congress are a direct threat to all of that. If he is going to be their nominee and, you know, lead that the MAGA-controlled GOP into the 2024 election, you know, that's the reason we keep talking about Trump, because if that were to succeed, I think we, we saw what he did towards, you know, trying to stay in office on January 6th. I think they, as we've reported before and talked a lot about on this show, that uh, it would be, the, this coup will be nicely tied up in a, in a legal right. briefs and stuff. So look, it's not about focusing on the circus for the state, for the sake, it's not about focusing on the circus for the sake of it, it's because the vast majority of our media landscape keeps getting all this wrong. They keep thinking and keep covering it like it's a normal election, like there's two normal parties out there. Like, yes, the, the Democrats want to lift the debt ceiling and they're not, they're not willing to negotiate so that the Republicans can say, geez, they need to negotiate on the debt ceiling. It's all who said what, he said, she said, and there's no, look, there are facts in all of this. Crippling the debt ceiling, to, you know, holding it hostage could throw the entire world into a big economic downturn. No one's done that before. It, it's never been like a thing to try to do it. Uh, they voted for a clean debt ceiling three times on the Republican side. And now they're demanding, you know, making all these demands. It's not one side versus the other. It's, you know, one side. It's not, oh, geez, they both got problems. No, 
There's one side who wants to wreck the economy. They want to wreck it on purpose. So it's going to happen. Okay? Why? Because they know chaos helps the strong man. And by the way, if if you got chaos when you're the president, no one remembers who caused the chaos. Who caused the big economic downturn on your watch? You get blamed for it. So they're going to do this. There are no adults uh, or, or sane. There are not two normal parties. Bar none, one party is willing to take the entire country over a freaking cliff so it can gain power and keep it for a very long time uh, and change a lot of the election laws and rules out there and make it harder and, and have the patina that they're still overseeing, ruling over a democracy that is one, uh, it, it, as tough as it is for people to see that we still live in one, it'll be even darker and tougher to see uh, or call it one, but they will. And so, you know, that's where this whole Trump trap, CNN having him for a, you know, the Trump town hall in, in you know, in New Hampshire, um, and treating this all like it's this, it's just a normal campaign. You know, Tom Nichols tweeted it, and we, you know, quote it again. He said, honestly, if a Trump-Biden race is going to be covered as just another normal presidential contest, and people really accept it that way. We're, we're already up the creek as a democracy. He's 100% correct. So yeah, we have to do it all. We have to keep our, our focus on Trump and the MAGA-controlled Congress, keep trying to grow the number of pro-democracy, people who understand the real threat, because the press is not going to cover it like the real threat that it is. It's one of the reasons we help found uh, Resolute Square. But the bigger thing that, that, that I think, you know, Grace ha is right about is, and here's how this is going to, I think, play out. I mean, she's right about the need to cover these other state-by-state -state and local races. But here's how I think that's going to play out. I think just like in 2022, Trump is going as part of this whole fight that he and DeSantis and everybody's having. He's going to endorse the crazies in these states and locals. I mean, he, he will like, so, you know, Mastriano in Pennsylvania uh, in the Senate race as a, as a, a likely uh, example. I think we're going to have even more extreme candidates who run under the Trump banner than we had in 2022, which is what made it possible for us to stop the big red wave, because that's not where the country is at. That won't stop the Republicans from nominating him. We see that in poll after poll. But I do think it's one, defining this party for what it is. It's Trump's party. He didn't create it, but he, he certainly did enable it. and. He rebuilt it in his image, and, it, and its base is now a Trump MAGA-controlled base. That is, and, and the party cannot survive without that base, and it can't survive without Trump. This is the whole reason right. they're, they're hostages, and the MAGA cult is the hostage takers. 
he he is going to win their nomination, and he's going, uh, I think, to populate a lot of the candidates in these states and localities are going to be even farther over the edge. There's Carrie Lake, the Mastrianos, the Herschel Walkers. That is going to be out there. And that's why if we continue to make clear to the American people that this isn't normal politics, this isn't a normal party, that it's led by Trump, that the MAGA cult has control of the party, and it's nominating crazier and crazier candidates. And the more they do things like the debt ceiling default that become clear in, in banning abortion and just all the, the, the things that they're doing, it's not just that they're crazy anymore. It's that they're, it, they're so crazy. It's, it's a danger, a fundamental danger to the country and our society and our democracy. We need to make sure that's the definition, that's the contrast. By the way, that was the contrast that Joe Biden made in his announcement video. That's exactly the contrast. That's the one we have to keep because this isn't about just eking out of 50. We need to try to get to 55. Uh, Simon Rosenberg is talking about that, 2024. Get to 55% of the vote. Welcome people who want to get rid of this cult into our party, regardless of where, in, into the pro-democracy coalition. Yeah, some of them will be pro-life, but don't think that Roe v. Wade should have been overturned. Fine. They need to have a place here. Um, if they're with us on democracy and that's their attitude, and, and that's how they, they look at the issue, then we need, we need to, 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 to welcome them and grow it. But the most important thing is to keep that contrast and to make it, to cl make it clear to every American in every way possible on every platform that this isn't normal, that it is the fight for the soul of the nation, as Biden says. Um, and it's about more freedom, not less freedom, more rights, not fewer rights. Um, you know, the freedom to live in a country uh, where you can send your kid to school and not have to worry that they're going to they're not going to make it home because of gun violence. Or at least, as I pointed out, that if you think that's not possible, at least know that our leaders out there are doing everything they can to make it so um, instead of shrugging their shoulders and saying there's nothing we can do. So th there's a lot at stake here. And we begin to make that, that that contrast more freedom versus less freedom. They are less freedom. This is a party that that has gone off the rails and and is out there every day, whether you're a woman, whether you know, trying to tell you who you can love or not love. Uh, it's it, you know, it is a party that thought uh, used to be saying, you know, less government the better. Now they want government telling you who you can who you can love, telling you you can't if you're a woman, you have no control over your own health care decisions and reproductive rights. It's all coming in and it's going to get worse. Um, and so we need to make that clear. And I think if we do, they will continue to do the crazy. Now they're going to continue to do the dangerous crazy. That danger, I think, is becoming clearer and clearer to more Americans every day. And I do think if we take it on this way, we, we can get to, the, to numbers that are not just eking it out by 14,000 votes somewhere. 
uh, but get to the, right. the numbers where we got to really hand them a, a stunning defeat. The only way out for us is to hand them a stunning defeat. The only way out for Trump is to win the presidency and, you know, whether it means pardoning himself or whatever. That's why he is going to be driven and his people will be driven. And that's why he's going to, you know, DeSantis and these other folks, I just don't think they're up for that fight. So, Joe, on that note, that is just about as good a place as any to wrap up. We are just about out of time. Okay. Well, thanks, Alex. Thanks, everyone, for listening to that trippy show. A reminder that this podcast will always be free and is now part of Resolute Square. Uh, check us out, the latest at ResoluteSquare.com slash trippy. Um, please subscribe and leave us a review. Um, and look, you know, it, it really is important to grow our message and our audience. So if you ha if you really think this is, uh, you know, worthwhile to listen to and could tell a few of your friends, uh, send them a link, ask them to give us a listen. I'd really appreciate it. I know Alex would too. You can always send us a question to thattrippyshow at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on iTunes. We'll see you next week.